Hey, what's going on, everybody? Um, I hope you can hear me. I'm sure you can hear me because I got my, my face jammed into this microphone. I'm sitting at Dearborn and Wacker in downtown Chicago. If, you, if you're from Chicago, you know where Dearborn and Wacker is. It's right down here. I'm uh, right off of the uh, Trump Tower, Marina City. Dearborn is where the House of Blues is, uh, a couple blocks away from the Merchandise Mart. So in the background, I'm sure you can hear that ringing bell sound. So down here in Chicago, Chicago has a river that runs through the downtown area and borders uh, the downtown area on the west side. Uh, there are tons of bridges that go over that river. Each street has its own bridge. Um, right now, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight of the streets, eight of the bridges. They're all raised, and that raised bridge is what's producing that sound. It's basically the warning you know, bing, 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 the, the bridge is going up. Get off the bridge sound, right? Don't cross this, the down arm, so on and so forth. Uh, so even though I, I just uh, actually got to downtown Chicago from a very peaceful protest, 30,000 people, no arrests. Uh, it was beautiful. It was positive. It was pleasant. Um, and this morning, you could not get downtown unless you were a resident or a worker. Uh, they had National Guardsmen posted at every basic inroad. Those inroads are now pretty much open. I bike down here now with no, didn't cross any checkpoints. I crossed four checkpoints this morning and had to go basically around the perimeter of the, the central area. Uh, but it, I, I found it super interesting. I don't know what is supposed to be going on down here today. Um, I'm actually a block away from a very large, I mean, at least, uh, at least I'm looking at at least 200 or 300 police officers in riot gear. It looks like from this distance, but I really can't tell. Uh, absolutely. Uh, down here on Wacker Avenue, uh, cars have been coming through. I've seen like, uh, you know, just more cars coming, more officers coming in vans and paddy wagons. So I actually have my phone plugged in and charging down here you know christmas lights are huge in downtown chicago so i got my phone plugged into one of the outlets they use for christmas lights in the winter and i'm just sitting on a planter here minding my own business but there are tons of police cars every which way but loose uh but there are people out here a lot of bikers a lot of people walking despite the loud noise of these of these bridges being up a uh, lot of dump trucks down here here in the city of chicago i'm sure they do this in other cities uh they use like dump trucks to block off streets so i'm looking at like eight nine or ten of those right now uh so hopefully nothing is planned or nothing is going down but uh as soon as i finish with this i'm gonna do a, a quick facebook live because uh, i mean to me this is just an amazing sight these bridges being up i've lived in the city uh I mean, in my entire life, on and off, a year here, a year there. And I have literally never seen all of the bridges in the downtown area up. Uh, I cannot even tell uh, how... Okay, no, I'm actually looking at one street where the bridge is down. It's not Clark. It's the street. I believe it's LaSalle. That is the only bridge that's down. So that's the only way to get uh, to the north side of the downtown area from the south side. To me, that's fascinating. Uh, you, you often hear in Chicago 
the discussion of the tale of two cities, right? Chicago, and if you live here, if you know, you know, Chicago is, it's two totally separate cities. It's the haves, the have-nots, the nice side of town, the side of town that's, that's neglected. Not that it's not nice, it's neglected. And um, to see these bridges up, uh, whether the city knows it or not, uh, it, it, it is a just a symbol of that division because on the north side of these bridges, the side that I could not get to right now if I needed to go see my family or my wife without going a very, you know, out of my way to do so is what's known as the Magnificent Mile. The Magnificent Mile is the, uh, the shopping, you know, mecca area of Chicago. That's where your uh, Cartier stores are and your Saks Fifth and all of those stores. And also, once you go a little bit past that, you're at uh, the uh, River North area and the Lincoln Park area, which are the uh, more, which are some of the most expensive areas uh, in the city. You know, they're very lucrative uh, tax-wise, very lucrative business, very lucrative real estate. And so the, the, the sad reality, whether, you know, I, I mean, just the fact that these bridges are up and it's like you can't come over here. Uh, speaks volumes uh, just to the historical stories that Chicago has to tell, the stories that are being told now uh, with these great divisions that have arisen, uh, that have been for years. They have not arisen. I, 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 I take that back. I, I mean not to misspeak. But these divisions that have now had a light shown uh, on them uh, with the recent deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and uh, Ahmed Arbery and all these people, uh, you know, who suffered uh, at the hands of a, a, you know, a fucked up system. And so I'm just kind of sitting, I'm literally just sitting like right in front of this bridge. And most interestingly, also, because the downtown area has pretty much been sealed off from public usage uh, for at least the past week, they took the time to finally paint uh, the bike lanes on the major streets. So, for example, here on Dearborn, which is a, a major bike uh, venue uh, avenue they painted the bike lane green finally and so the bridge is up it's this big rusted red kind of metalish you know cement bridge with this big green stripe on the left hand side uh, that to me is just entertaining and silly and funny all at the same time uh, but it, I definitely think it stands as just a, a great symbol of what's wrong uh, with, with so many of the big cities right now, what's wrong with segments of our society. Um, so maybe one day the bridge, <laughs> the bridges will come down and they'll be open to everybody. Who knows? Who, who the fuck knows? Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's it. That's all I got. I just wanted to drop those thoughts while I have them. I'm sitting here. Hopefully you can hear what I'm saying with this damn ringing bell. I can't imagine living down here. I would have gone crazy by now. All right, that's it. That's all I got. Hopefully, as my friend Mariah would say, I'm going to land the fucking plane. The sirens just started. I see the horses coming in. I have no idea what's going on, but I'm out. Hey, what's going on? Uh, this is Dion. This is Off the Beaten Podcast. This is the podcast about Chicago and its people and the stuff going on here. And I guess for the time being, COVID-19 and civil uprising. 
<laughs> so you just heard that audio um, that was recorded on June 6th. Um, as I mentioned, I had just come from a, a, a huge protest. It was organized by Activate Shy. I, I really can't tell you much about Activate Shy other than uh, they organized an amazing event. It was beautiful. It was peaceful. I uh, ended up being uh, I'm being I've read over 30,000 people. It was huge. And there were no arrests. People, you know, it, it was just a beautiful um, event of solidarity and positivity. So I had just come from that. And that morning, I actually biked to that event. So in biking, I came from the south side. I live in Woodlawn. And so I usually would go downtown and cut over to get to where kind of the west side, where which is where the protest was starting from, uh, Union Park. And I could not get downtown. Anyway, I figured out where all the National Guardsmen were. They were guarding downtown. And so you could not get through the roadblocks unless you had like an, a reason to be down there or you live there. So they were like, oh, you know, you kind of, you know, and actually one of the National Guardsmen I talked to was very pleasant. He said, you know, we, he said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Union Park for a protest. He goes, you know, we want you to get there. You know, we, we're not trying to stop you. He goes, however, you can't pass through this kind of downtown district to get there. He goes, but you can take 24th Street, which is where I was near McCormick Place, and you can kind of go around. I said, OK, cool. You know, I, I wasn't, you know, what I'm saying you got the gun. I'm, I'm about to do what I'm going to do. OK. And so I did. You know, like I said, he was very, you know, he was very cordial. And then I was hitting a bunch of kind of, you know, various like every time checkpoints to get anywhere near the downtown area. So I finally got to the Activate Shy protest. It was beautiful got there, did that, and then eventually headed, you know, back home. But I was trying, I was like, oh, let's see if downtown is still being like, you know, blockaded kind of thing. And it turned out that I was able to get straight downtown. So I kind of rolled around a little bit like a ghost town, you know, obviously only people down there are residents, really workmen, police, tons of police, and so on and so forth. Um, And then I happened to be at Dearborn and Wacker, which is where the Chicago River is. And the bridges are up. The bells are ringing, as you heard. And (laughs) I was like, oh, so I actually came to find out there was a protest going on. Uh, They ended up, the protest ended up going on Lakeshore Drive, which is like one of the main kind of like highways in the area. And so they took uh, one side of that and marched on it, you know, and, and such. And the police, they, like I said, they were out there. I don't, you know, you know, I actually never know how big an event's going to be, whatever, but they had the horses. They had like the huge trucks. They had the vans. They had like the, the, the SWAT team looking guys in the green fatigues, you know, with, with, the, with all the guns. It, it was a wild thing. But you, obviously you got to hear my thoughts and I was like, you know, what? let me just record my thoughts so I can kind of share these with people. It is what it is. Um, and obviously some things have, you know, time has passed since then. And now, um, you know, most all of the protests now that I've seen, I've been to, I actually went on a great bike ride I'll talk about later, have been very peaceful, very positive, but people demanding, you know, some systemic changes. And I fully support that. So it's been great. Um, and also in the episode notes, I will share an article that I actually came across this week. The article is a, it was, uh, I believe a Chicago Tribune article. Please don't get mad at me if it wasn't. It might have been Chicago sometimes, you know, but it was actually called the tale of um, the tale of two Chicago's. And I came across the article yesterday when doing a little research and I was like, you know what? This is perfect. So I'm going to go ahead and put that article in the episode notes so you can kind of read from a perspective other than my own about this story and kind of, uh, you know, how Chicago has developed over time to be uh, almost literally two distinct cities, you know, that have, uh, you know, just different resources, 
different, you know, almost everything, including uh, different uh, life expectancies. If you've not heard about that, you know what, I'll go ahead and share an article about that too, about the life expectancy gap here in Chicago. Um, so pardon all the ums. <laughs> I'm so excited today. I got caffeine in my hand. I'm flying off the cuff. We're doing this. You're getting me live in a living color. So please excuse me. Had to get a sip of the magic juice. Okay. So yesterday was Juneteenth. I'm now to today is Saturday. Uh, and it's June 20th. So Juneteenth, man, it was a great day. Um, happy belated Juneteenth to all of you. Uh, the day started off amazingly. I slept. I took the day off from work <laughs> and I slept. Uh, I felt like I slept a lot, but my quality of sleep has been very bad as of late. And so, you know, but I did sleep longer. So I slept to almost about 10 o'clock at 11 o'clock uh, in the morning. I had a Instagram live with Elizabeth from the podcast, Random Conversations with Elizabeth. So definitely go check out Random Conversations with Elizabeth. When I decided to start a Chicago podcast, I first thing I did was kind of look up other Chicago podcasts. Like, what are the other podcasts? What are they talking about? Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to necessarily do the exact same things they're doing, have the exact same topics, have the exact same people that, you know, I wanted my podcast to fit a unique space and I wanted to make sure that a space existed and so her podcast was one of the first ones that I saw came across and listened to and the first episode of hers I listened to was actually an interview with a young man I had met uh, I believe two summers ago and his name is Toaster I, I couldn't even tell you his real actual full name but he is a uh, teaching artist and I believe at the time he was a teaching fellow with uh, the Young Chicago Authors if you're not familiar with the Young Chicago Authors organization you should definitely check out they also are affiliate they also uh sponsor and run uh ltab louder than a bomb which is the believe the uh world's largest youth poetry festival at least that's how they build themselves and so uh, i was really interested because he's a very fascinating person very interesting extremely intelligent very talented and so i, I listened to that episode really enjoyed it and that's kind of how i got into listening with her and her 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 podcast is true to what it, to the title even random conversations with elizabeth interesting people doing interesting things and telling their stories which i love and so she reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in doing an Instagram live for Juneteenth, talking about that, talking about the podcast. And she is also a fellow black podcaster. So here's a, just real quick. Um, why is that significant? And why is that kind of like, you know, th this question I came across this week, like uh, what? Well, not even a question. You know, I came across a meme or a post like, you know, it's OK to have black entertainment television. But if we had white entertainment television. People will flip out. And I, resp I actually responded to it. You know, I'm like, OK, all right. This I said, look, the reality is this. You do have white entertainment television. It's called NBC and ABC. <laughs> like I could go through the gamut. And, you know, and when you look at the history of even like pop, pop, pop culture, um, and I actually saw this really interesting video that related to this uh, the other day that someone sent me. Uh, historically, most of the stars are white. Most of the shows are white centered, you know, about white characters living in white communities. Um, I won't say doing white things because that's that's not a thing necessarily. But like, you know, what I'm saying they don't relate and black people couldn't necessarily relate to the stories or the people. And then, you know, you go back and I'm sure there are people who could recount all of this way better than I do have greater knowledge but then like you have you know those random shows even going back you know Sanford and Son and the Jeffersons but they even still aren't necessarily the most positive depictions of black people they're black people dealing with human issues but like 
Jennifer Sun is about a garbage man, you know what I'm saying? Which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but he basically lives in like a garbage dump. You know, like, I don't even know where he lived, but I remember his house looks all broken down and he was always dirty. <laughs> like, you're like, okay. And then, you know, the Jeffersons, and then you have the, the explosion of the Cosby show. Which, yeah, I remember, you know, at least hearing or read, you know, I don't know if reading because I was still a child, but like it was always the idea that the, the Cosby's was so was such a like, you know, it's not a real thing. All right. Whenever are you going to find a black doctor and a black lawyer? Like, oh, God, like, did you really just say that? You know what I'm saying? Um, but most television was focused on white people with white stars. And, the, and that's not even getting into the conversations of ownership. They were owned by white men. And so you have the, you know, influx of something like BET, where, you know, a group, I'm not even sure the exact history, but a group of black people or a black person goes, I'm going to start a television station that's focused on kind of the black experience, right? Things that black people can relate to and commercials that maybe have black people in them and news that has a black person at the desk. And, you know, just like those things, which are significant, they really, really are. Um, and I can attest to how significant they are because was it two years ago? I became aware that there was a comic book called Raising Dion. And the comic book was about a young boy who has superpowers named Dion short of it. Right. And that comic book was later kind of like um, shopped out to be a television show. And the creator did like a little trailer for this potential television show, which, as we all know, or you might not even know, was picked up by Netflix is now a Netflix show. But I remember the first time I saw the trailer and the first time I learned that comic book, I bought like four copies of that comic book. And then I was just like watching the trailer, just fascinated. And then when it was picked up by Netflix, I actually wrote a blog about this and I can share that blog. But I was like, oh, my God. And it was interesting because it was the first time I'd seen in pop culture a black male with the exact same name as me. And I just remember being like, holy shit. You know what I'm saying? His name's not, you know, in TV, there's the Jennifers and the, you know, the Bills and the Davids and the Kevins. But I, I don't remember ever seeing, like, I think the only character I could personally think of named Dion was the female from Clueless. And so I was just like, and his name is spelled exactly as mine, D-I-O-N. And I was just fascinated. And I was just like, oh my God. I'm in my like late 30s and this is how long it's taken to see a character that looks anything like me with the exact same name. Holy shit. And that's significant. You know, the you know, to see positive depictions of people that look and, you know, seem like you even in pop culture has it has an effect on people. So that's kind of the thing. And that's why, you know, it is. And especially even in podcasting, most podcasters are white. The, you know, most podcasts, you know, not even the owners, even just the creators themselves. So, you know, I always feel like, oh my gosh, if I come across another black podcaster, I want to support them because there's not any guarantee that other people will support them because some, because they may not be able to relate to what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? Everyone may not be able to relate to my experiences and my thoughts. And there is a, possibility that she and I would be able to connect on a, on a, you know, maybe a deeper level because of some, not all, uh, shared life experiences. And it was really interesting because I mean, you go and listen uh, to the Instagram live and you can go to Instagram, um, at random conversations, Elizabeth, we absolutely connected on some, uh, you know, amazing life experiences and discussions around Juneteenth, uh, particularly kind of like, you know, I was like, I've always felt, um, 
I was not necessarily black enough for, you know, the, the black crowd, not definitely not white enough for the white crowd. Cause I'm black and, you know, kind of sometimes fitting in this middle place, you know, things being told, you know, you're, Oh, you're not really black or, Oh man, you're the whitest black person I've ever met. Or, Oh, you know, being called an Oreo, like me and her completely connected and related on those things. And so I'm so glad that I was a supporter of her before I even knew who she was and talk with her. And I'm going to continue to be a supporter. But that's why, like, it's significant. And I'm a member of this group called the Black Pot Collective. And one of my dear friends, we've become friends through podcasting. Erin um, is a young lady. She's white in L.A. who does a podcast, too. And she's like, oh, how did you get into this collective? I'm like, oh, you know, kind of came across it and whatever. And it's, you know, and I'm like, I wish you could be a member, but it's a group for black podcast creators, which is a very small minority to kind of connect and support each other and grow our skills in this like, you know, kind of subgroup, not a uh, chosen subgroup, but a subgroup that we've kind of been forced into, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what I was saying about um, in the response about BET and black entertainment television. It didn't come a create because the creator wanted to segregate himself from pop media. He did it because he was not getting any representation in pop media. So he said, you know what, if they refuse to represent me and people who look like me and people with my shared experiences, I need to create an outlet for that. And that's why black entertainment television exists. It's not because we want to segregate ourselves is because we were not included. That is a distinct difference. And so that's kind of where that goes. Okay. Sorry. But you know, just to kind of clarify on that, but conversation was great. Gone over to conversations, random conversations with Elizabeth on Instagram. Listen to it. It was fabulous. And then, <laughs> um, it was interesting as well because I was telling her or, or we, I was thinking about this because, you know, how I came across her podcast, whatever. And a friend recently was joking with me. He's like, oh, man, I was like, you know, there's so many great podcasts out here. And I'm like, a lot of the podcasts that I used to listen to, I don't listen to anymore. I still love This American Life, but I used to listen to This American Life and Radio Lab religiously. Now, if I listen to him like once every two, three weeks, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, try to catch it up. But like my friend was like, man, he goes, you're a pro. He goes, you're a podcast pro. He goes, you know, the beginning, the beginners are listening to all the NPR shows, you know, uh, this American life and wait, wait, don't tell me and uh, hitting brain. And he goes, but now you're in the deep cuts. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so great. And it's funny because my number, if I go on my Stitcher, it tells you like the top podcast you've listened to. My number one podcast right now is called Grilling JR. And if you don't know who Jim Ross is or JR, he's this old wrestling announcer. I'm like, I'm such a geek, you know, but if you listen to wrestling or watch wrestling in the 80s or 90s, he was like the voice of wrestling. You know, he's like the voice of your childhood kind of thing. And it's so great. <laughs> and and he's, he's like legendary, you know, he and he also he made one of the most legendary calls in wrestling. And <laughs> if you don't know the story of The Undertaker and Mick Foley or Mankind in the Hell in a Cell match, like it's, it's a long story. But like long story short, these two huge men end up on the top of a steel cage like 20 feet in the air. And one of the guys says to the other, throw me off the cage. And the guy's like, 
no. <laughs> He's like, do it. And so at this point, he throws him off the cage. Long story short, this had never been done before. And the announcers, including Jim Ross, had no idea this was going to happen. And in retrospect, you know, he, he talks about it because this is one of those things people ask him about all the time. He goes, no, I didn't know this was going to happen. He goes, if anybody had asked me, I would have been like, don't do that. He goes, that's like suicide. So the guy launches the guy off top of uh, Undertaker launches mankind. These two wrestlers off the top of a 20 foot tall steel cage. <laughs> he sails through the air. And I remember watching this live as a kid, you know, like I, I was a wrestling fan and uh, the, the pay-per-views were like my treat. My mom would get me, you know, uh, and, or when I was a teenager, I'm like, you know, mom, come on. And I'm like, look, Hey mom, my grades are good. You know, I've been doing everything right. Blah, blah, blah. And so she, you know, once every couple months, she'd give me a pay-per-view, not a big deal. You know, well, I mean, it wasn't like a, you know, cough in a bucket, but she would do that because, you know, I was always on my P's and Q's, you know? And so I remember watching and he throws this guy off the steel cage. And he's sailing through the air and it's like 300 pound dude and in retrospect when you hear him tell this story he's like so i hit the table which i was like oh great i'm lucky because <laughs> there was no guarantee and so he hits the table and jim ross says he goes oh my god oh my god as god is my witness he's been broken in half the man is dead the man is dead and like that is like this legendary call now because people are like it sounds so genuine and you sound so t horrified he goes i was horrified because i was like he's dead they just threw him off we're all out of a job and the company's going to fold tomorrow <laughs> and the guy did not die and the mess and if you don't know this story oh my god message me or email i'll send you links to the people telling this story from the different perspectives is one of the most amazing stories ever but long story short they they come out they put the guy on the stretcher because he has a dislocated shoulder he's all you know jacked up they get him halfway back to the back he comes to because he was knocked out and he goes wait I i'm not done we got to finish the match and he goes back climbs back on the cage and long story short falls through the cage and then gets knocked out again <laughs> gets a tooth knocked out and then they broke out thumbtacks i'll leave it there but <laughs> long story short it is one of the most brutal things you can ever see uh you know it's one of those things when people say that wrestling is fake no it's scripted there's a big difference and it's just mind-blowing and it's one of those things that that which has been seen cannot be unseen and there it is so i'm gonna leave you with that and oh okay last last thought last thing though is when mankind gets to the back okay this has all happened. No one knew all this stuff was going to happen. So he goes back. He goes, and I remember very distinctly, the manager of the company, Vince McMahon, comes up to me. He goes, you have no idea what you've done for this company. And I never want to see anything like that ever again. Because <laughs> it was horrible. Like, a, it was definitely a slow motion train wreck. But, okay. So that's that. But that's what I've been, that's the podcast I've been listening to like nonstop is this old wrestling announcer telling these amazing stories from like 20 years ago. And so I've listened to like 14 hours of that show in the last two weeks. But most podcast listeners, the average podcast listener listens to six podcasts. I'm subscribed right now to about 32. Do I listen to all of them every episode? Absolutely not. Some of the podcasts I listen to every episode, though, uh, you're such a catch. That's my friend Aaron in L.A. It's a dating um, and woman empowerment podcast. I'm not a woman, but she's so just I mean, Aaron is so everything. <laughs> my friend Heather. <laughs> my friend Heather teases me all the time. She's like, you talk to Aaron today? And I'm like, uh, yeah. She's like, did you propose yet? I'm like, no, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> 
It's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. Uh, I didn't propose today. I'll most likely do it tomorrow. But Erin is amazing. And, her, you know, she's just pleasant. And she has she's very insightful. And when it comes to dating, her show is, you know, just amazing and perfect. So highly recommend it. I listen to her all the time. I listen to my own podcast all the time, obviously. I've been listening to Grill and JR like crazy. Uh, podcast 99, which is about Woodstock 99. I listen to religiously. Uh, Break Stuff, which is a podcast only on Luminary about Woodstock 99. I'm Woodstock 99 crazy right now. I listen to that in its entirety uh spotify has a podcast about takashi 69 that i listened to in its entirety recently and obviously i listen to joe rogan when it's a, a guest that i want to learn more about i don't listen to every joe rogan po- uh, podcast episode they are three hours they are long um and some of those guests i'm just like oh, i don't care about that dude or that woman to be honest with you so that's it yes okay but get into the deep cuts of podcasting and you'll you'll man it's amazing there's so many great podcasts out there and you know yeah so okay so after (laughs) that was a lot after uh all of that starting off my juneteenth i uh basically didn't do anything for the rest of the day until uh, there's a a non-profit organization here in the city called think outside the block they uh sponsored a huge group bike ride yesterday called rolling peace five i went to their rolling peace uh, bike ride last year and it was amazing so many people so i was super excited to do it again so think outside the block is a chicago uh 501c3 chicago nonprofit, and just to pull from their website they basically says um think outside the block has a vision to rally our community community together to enhance our youth's interests skills and abilities through positive youth development strategies and you know hey that to me is perfect um fortunately that relates to what i do professionally but even if it didn't i would support this great group they're i believe out of inglewood and so their group bike ride last night was amazing i know so many people i saw teachers that i've worked with in the past i saw um mr phil sipka who's the owner of kusanya cafe he was there and it was really cool i was like hey mr sipka he's like hey such a positive dude um if you've never been to kusanya cafe my understanding they're not open right now he's like i can't wait to open back up i was like oh cool i say well when you do bro i'm gonna be there i'm a huge fan of them i've uh been a fan of Kusanya for a long time beautiful spot amazing uh, fair you know their food is great their drinks are great it's a cafe um but also my understanding is that uh, Kusanya cafe is a 501c3 so it's not a for-profit business and so they do a lot uh, for the community i will say in the community they do group yoga there i know they've had church services there um they do I don't know, one time I went, they had partnered with the Field Museum and they actually had like a exhibit there for the kids, like just so many cool things. And also, um, if you were kind of like a act a social change activist in that community, I've seen a lot of those people there. I've seen Rob, um, the woman who uh, who co-founded I Grow Chicago. I've seen her in that cafe. Um, I've actually run and talked to Jamal Cole, who's the founder of My Block, My Hood, My City. I've run into him in that cafe. Like, it's just a great meeting spot for people who are looking to positively improve. The, it just has that vibe to it. And Phil Sipka does everything he can to kind of cater to that community and help them. You know, so it's just a, such a cool place. Go see it if you and take me with you. I love their I think they have the best French toast in the city and uh just such a cool place uh, i'll put a link to there to them in the episode notes as well I, I got you so also the grand marshal for the bike ride yesterday was okay i'm gonna pronounce his name right obi reed okay his name his first name is spelled o-b-o-i but it's obi okay 
Uh, but he is the co-founder of Slow Roll Chicago. I'm a huge fan of Slow Roll. Uh, there are multiple slow roll groups in the United States. I, I believe one of the first ones was in Detroit. Don't quote me on that, but I believe so. Um, but slow roll from their website, it says they create a diverse and equitable bicycle culture in Chicago. And I, I've been familiar with them for a couple of years. And basically, like I've gone on some of their, some of their rides. What they try to do is they try to take youth from various communities in a city and kind of show them how they can use bike riding as a way to kind of expand their world. Right. If you go from Pilsen, uh, it's, it's fairly easy to get from Pilsen to downtown. If you go from Inglewood, that's actually a fairly easy bike ride. And then they would partner with museums. So I'd seen them partner with the field museum. I believe the aquarium we went to once and they'd partner with these museums who would kind of talk about, you know, some of the things they offer and the services. And especially here in Chicago, if you're not able to afford entry into the museums and stuff, you can actually go to the Chicago public libraries and sign up to get passes to go to these, uh, you know, to these institutions, which, you know, is not necessarily the, the most ideal thing, but it's great um, because, you know, yeah, you know, because the field museum does cost money. <laughs> the the aquarium does cost money and the Museum of Science and Industry. I've literally not been to since I was 15, uh, but it's not cheap, you know. So just that. Um, so Obai was the grand marshal and the squad leader of the marshals. Uh, the bike marshals that help keep everyone safe and keep the, the ride moving. And so it was the second time I've ever had a chance to meet and chat with him. Such a nice person. So pleasant. And the ride was amazing. We went all through Inglewood, all around. People were cheering. It was just such a great vibe. So peaceful. So positive. Fabulous. I was so glad I went. So, you know, it was just a great uh, great. What's the word I'm looking for? Conclusion to my Juneteenth and um, definitely look up. Think outside the block. Definitely look up Slow Roll Chicago. Um, if you don't have time or occasion to check them out, a couple dollars goes a long way with nonprofits, especially small ones. So I would definitely encourage that. All right. And so the last thing I really want to talk about is Juneteenth itself. Uh, one of the things when me and Elizabeth hooked up yesterday uh, was this idea of she was like, I feel more, you know, you're a former history teacher, which I am. And talking about Juneteenth. And I, I told her, I said, you know, I, I don't remember learning about Juneteenth as a child. Uh, and remember, this is the 155th anniversary of this day. So this is not something that popped up uh, yesterday or, you know, this is not year one for this. Uh, but I don't remember learning about it as a child. Don't remember learning about it in high school. I And I told her, I said, I'm certain that I learned about it in my Civil War and Reconstruction class, but I don't remember specifically or explicitly a conversation about it. But I'm, I had an amazing professor at St. Xavier University, Professor Peck, and I'm certain it came up in conversation just simply because Professor Peck was such a thorough, um, you know, a knowledgeable person on everything surrounding uh, Civil War and that after period. But, uh, you know, yeah, I don't remember Juneteenth. Obviously, it's not something that's common knowledge because even people today are like, what is that? What does that mean? Not just white people, but black people as well. And so just real quick, what is Juneteenth? If you haven't heard by now, which hopefully you have, but if you haven't, okay, cool. It's cool. cool. I'm going to give you I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Juneteenth is so when this uh, and, and please, please, if I if I get any of this wrong, please don't get angry at me. But Juneteenth was basically the day that co that um, commemorates when uh, a union general whose name I can't remember. His first name is George. So let's call him General George because 
So, okay, wait, let me think about this for a minute. It's General George, um, hmm. oh, okay, 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 wait, 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 stay with me here, stay with me here. It's General, <laughs> General George, okay, I'm just looking it up now. Uh, no, not George. General Gordon Granger, sorry. <laughs> U.S., he was a general for the U.S. Army, uh, and so he basically traveled uh south you know far south into texas and got to galveston and that happened on uh june 19th 1865 and basically when he got there he i'm assuming he read the emancipation proclamation but he basically proclaimed that all the slaves were to be free <laughs> so, and i and, and this is one of those moments i wish i could go back and you know if you could go back in history and just kind of observe moments this would definitely be a moment a moment i'd want to observe because i'm like how exactly did that go did was it a gathering of slave owners and he was like okay gentlemen i'm here to proclaim the slaves are to be freed go back and you know or did he just ride from field to field like hey people you all are free <laughs> throw down your shackles and, and your your tools and like how did you know what i'm saying like how exactly was did this process go? i'm sure there are there are books and papers that explain exactly what happened or at least some first person uh you know i love diary right you know you know some slave owner went home and was like so this general rode into town today um but like what did that look like and you know of course it obviously wasn't a bunch of gentlemen standing around like oh okay well let's let our slaves go like no uh, <laughs> all right sorry guys you can go now be free like like you let go of like a couple birds out of a cage fly away little bird so i'm interested in what that looked like but that's basically what the day commemorates right so in in 65 we're talking what was it this two and a half it's like two and a half years after kind of like the signing of the emancipation proclamation and the kind of the ending of the war and so we're you know we're talking like how long it took this news to travel and a friend of mine today she she actually was we were messaging this morning and she was like i explained to my boys and they were like it took that long for them to get to news and then she said her her seven-year-old was like there were no phones no they weren't just calling each other you know it wasn't like they put it on cnn oh so, you know and so that that to me is so intriguing um but beyond that it, it's significant because it's a, it was a further step um in the emancipation of this group of people who'd been enslaved and you know oppressed and terrorized you know, for so long. And so it's a, it's a significant day, right? It's a, it is a, a form of liberation. It was an emancipation day. And so that's what makes it a, a celebration. You know, that's, it's a, it's a holiday um, for sure. Should it be a national holiday? Absolutely. Um, and I, I wanted to point on this fact just really quickly. And this is the last thing I'm, I'm going to say is the fact that it's, not common knowledge about Juneteenth, right? Versus we know everything about Columbus Day. We know everything about Kashmir Pulaski Day. We know all of these things. We know, you know, obviously 4th of July, but we don't know about this significant event as well. Is <coughs> I'm so sorry. Is problematic, right? And this kind of ties into that systemic racism thing that we talked about. So many people don't want to believe is true cough cough gordon ryan kiss my black ass um cough cough uh so <laughs> but it, it, you know people who choose what it what are what is taught in schools 
um, those decisions are made. Those are conscious decisions it's when history books are created and when curriculums are created. And, and people throughout history have thought that Christopher Columbus was an important. And obviously what we taught about Christopher Columbus was extremely problematic. Right. Uh, he, he was a great liberate. I don't even know how, how he used to be described. <laughs> I'm trying to think like he was a hero, right? He discovered America. He was so great. And then, you know, you, you, that's chapter one of a people's history of the United States by Howard Zinn, right? Is kind of talking about, wait a minute here. What did that really look like? You cannot discover something that someone's living in. And, and then, you know, he, they, they tortured those people and raped those people and killed those people. That's not a hero. Well, you know what I'm saying? Not to me. And so as you start to learn more, Yo, but those are conscious decisions to teach those things and teach them in that way. But on the flip side, you know, no one wanted to talk about Juneteenth. We decide we're not going to teach about the destruction of Black Wall Street and what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, which is why, you know, it was so uh, controversial that Donald Trump decided to do a rally there. You know, we, I mean, how many people actually know why the neighborhood in Chicago, Bronzeville, uh, which was a major hub for blacks coming up north from the south uh, during the Great Migration. Why is Bronzeville named Bronzeville? You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's a simple conversation and it leads to much more uh, complex and in-depth conversations. But why isn't that taught? And that's where we talk about these things, you know, where the reality is that history that kind of uh, focuses on the African-American experience <clears throat> are minimized. Um, in in lieu of people that probably should not necessarily be celebrated at all, Mr. Columbus. So I really wanted to kind of just point that out and, you know, definitely look up more about Juneteenth. And I hope you had a great day, whether you decided to actively celebrate or you just sat at home or whether you decided to barbecue or whether you just decided to watch movies on Netflix. Do you? However, Hope it was great. Hope it was wonderful. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. I, I'm, uh, I've been reaching out to people about being guests. I've been looking up all the technology so I can record my interviews with people. I'm such a face-to-face person. It's really tough for me to be like, oh yeah, let's do a, let's do a, uh, <laughs> zoom, let's do a zoom interview. But I love connecting with people and there's so many interesting people to connect with. If you know, interesting Chicago people, please reach out to me or reach out to them. I would love to connect with them. <clears throat> If we don't do it formally on the podcast, I'll be super happy to do something like what I did with Elizabeth the other day, a quick chat on Instagram, you know, and just kind of spreading the love and the news about the greatness of Chicago. So much uh, that is talked about Chicago is negative and is it's not even a quarter of the story. You know, it's so much bullshit. So that's it. So please. If you like this episode, share it with one person. That is the one thing I would love for you to do. I'm always trying to get this to new ears. If you've listened to multiple episodes and you dig them, go ahead and in whatever app you're using, hit that subscribe button. And so whenever I drop a new episode, it'll go straight into your phone. And, you know, depending on what you use, you'll get a little notification off the beaten podcast has published a new episode. that will be fabulous. If you've done that already, take a second and I would appreciate it so much. It definitely helps and it definitely matters if you go ahead and rate and review uh, this podcast. Rating literally takes 10 seconds. You hit the stars, but they don't ask you, do you want to leave a review? 
then if you leave that review, just go ahead and type up, what do you like about the podcast? Don't lie. You don't have to lie. If you don't think it's a five-star podcast, give it three stars. But why is it a three-star podcast? Give me that information and that feedback, and I can use that to make the podcast better. I appreciate it. Um, and then after that, uh, you can sign up for the Off the Beaten Podcast newsletter. I've kind of pulled back on the newsletter uh, during the quarantine because I know people are getting inundated with so much information and so much news. So right now, I have not been sending the newsletter out, but I will, you know, once we're kind of in a bit of a more positive headspace because I don't want to, you know, be a part of just wearing people out with information and emails and such. I get it. And so I'm, you know, being as, uh, you know, just trying to be as laid back and chill as possible. I get it, but go ahead and sign up. And once I get back in full swing, you'll be hearing about all the behind the scenes news about from off the beaten podcast. I love it. Also, shout out, as always, to my homies over at RepinPins.com. RepinPins is a Chicago-based company. They are amazing. <laughs> I still have pictures I need to post. I ordered three new pins. I got a, a Mayor Lori Lightfoot pin, and I got two other pins uh, that I need to go ahead and post pictures of and add to my uh, hanger for my collection. Repping Pins makes pins that help you rep what you love. They're like I said, they they've been uh, supporters of this podcast since the very beginning, and so I send them love. And as a exclusive to Off the Beaten Podcast listeners, if you go on reppingpins.com, look around, and when you get the checkout, go ahead and put in the promotional code OTBP20, and that'll give you twenty percent off your entire order. So also, if your order is over forty dollars, you get free shipping. So what I recommend you do is do what I do. I go ahead and find, you know, okay, I want this pen, this pen, this pen. And I go ahead and get me about, you know, $50 worth of pens, which seems like a lot. But then, I, you know, I'll go ahead and knock off my 20%. And then I'm like, okay, how much is that? And then I just make sure that, okay, let me get another pen. And I put it above that 40. I get the free shipping. I get a bunch of really cool pens that I can wear on my backpack, wear on my jacket. I actually wear them on my lapel, depending on, you know, the event. I have a Chicago pen that I wear sometimes. I have a broken gun pen that I wear sometimes. I've got a, a, a basically a number three hat, you know, who that represents pen that I wear. Actually, had an event that honored uh mr ken bennett who was the father of chancellor bennett or aka chance the rapper and i actually wore that pen i'm like so you know he saw it i'm like oh that's a little love that's a little repping pins right there and so you know showing you know just just repping what i love and showing that off to people so you can do that and it would be appreciated for repping and in the comments go ahead and say yo off the beaten podcast sent me love them love you yada yada because you know we're chicago and we're coming together and supporting each other which is beautiful all right that is that is it if you have any uh, questions concerns or comments you can email me that's at being silly in the city all one word at gmail.com also there's a phone number you can phone and leave a voicemail i can never memorize it so instead it'll be down in the episode notes just check the episode notes and all of that is there including that phone number and you can call leave a voicemail and if it's appropriate i'll go ahead and share it in the podcast um you know, I don't. It's certain words that we just won't say on the podcast. Very few of those words, but just certain words we won't say on the podcast. So that's what we'll say about that. And that is it. I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, I, I I hope to hear from a lot of you, just your thoughts and questions and concerns and everything. You know, and 
hopefully next week when I'm back, we'll have something interesting to talk about as well. And hopefully some of my guests will start to get back to me and we'll start making those scheduling and we'll be just off to the races, ready to go. I'm super excited. I'm always excited about what comes next. All right. You guys have a great day. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. And I will talk with you all soon. Thank you. Be good. Do good. Peace.